2: ah yes ladies and gentlemen fresh off an absolutely fantastic getaway to nothing other than the 305 the greatest backcourt in podcasting your boy lamb here in the host position and joining me as always and you guys can't see it but i could see it with the freshest miami vice snapback my guy imp what would it do bro
3: it's bittersweet had a great time but i fucking miss miami already i tell you man uh had a great time with everybody uh congrats to big d uh most of the vm guys were with us and on south beach which is always fun um and yeah i have this dope miami heat snap back on uh you know kind of just you know w- wishing i was out on the beach and whatnot still a little sunburned peeling but dude you first of all let's kind of talk about the fact that you went to a heat game
2: yeah if you guys saw on instagram i put up the picture and a video uh got a chance to go to the nets heat game shout out to uh shout out to danny the bachelor who a couple weeks prior was in Los Angeles for the FanDuel World Basketball Championships. He came in 21st out of 75 people. For those of you that listen to Degeneration Bets, Danny is the one who does the DFS Friday series with me. His expertise is the NBA, and he got a chance to go to a live final. And FanDuel and Return Imp let him pick a game that we, he could get floor seats to. Which uh you see in the video I didn't realize until after I posted it someone said, Nice camera work because I'm the one behind the camera. I didn't do as good a job the camera work imp as I did uh Man on the Street. Got it. Because, you know, we were tossing back some uh some coronas and some Heineken's while we were down there. So your boy was a little bent. Anyway, Danny picked the Nets and Heat game and we went to that and uh he blessed us with some tickets and my seats were pretty fire. Got to got to go there with some of our buddies too.
3: And the cool thing is Dylan, our buddy's a Nets fan,
2: so yeah. that
3: kind of worked out perfectly that the Nets just so happened to be in Miami, uh, you know, cool and awesome coincidence. I know that if it was the Knicks, my ass would have been there. Oh, but, man, we uh, would have had
2: an all-out brawl in the penthouse trying to see who was going to get those four seats to the game, sure, without a doubt. Sure. But uh, something pretty interesting, you know, we had some sources, brother. We're getting
3: sources now. We're, we're getting to the point where we got sources.
2: So here's the thing, guys. If you follow me on Twitter, at the Lamb Show, um, I had a little interesting uh, conversation with one Jared Dudley of the Brooklyn Nets last week. Fact. And, uh, you know, he, he gives out his thing has become now. You know, he's kind of the tail end of his career. He was always a journeyman, you know, and he gets a couple of minutes here and there with the Nets. But his thing now has been to give out free tickets to Nets games. So one of our buddies tweeted at him, and I replied to the tweet, made up a complete big lie, sorry Jared Dudley, that uh, Danny the Bachelor was a Brooklyn Nets fan. And they were playing in in Miami and whatnot, and he was like, yo, Bachelor party with the eyes? He's like, pull up to live, and I'll have tickets for you guys for the Heat-Nets game. He didn't have tickets for us for the Nets game. It turns out we had better seats with Danny and FanDuel. Anyway, but what did I tell you all weekend we should do? He said, man, we should bet on the
3: heat because no one does no one does well if they're flying into Miami the night before and then they have a game the following day. Because, you know, South Beach and Miami in general, a whole lot of fun, you know, to be in. And who knows what the players were doing that night before.
2: Yeah, and lo and behold, I kept telling everyone, hey, man, we should bet the heat. We should bet the heat. I don't know if anyone bet the heat. Best believe the land bet the heat. Go. And if you guys didn't catch the Heat won by 30. <laughs> 30 point blowout.
3: And it wasn't even close, right, for most of the game.
2: It was like a, a 8 to 10 point deficit throughout and then come halftime they come out just bust the doors open on them and then it was just smooth sailing.
3: That afternoon of the game, I told Joey because Joey's you know a, a becoming a little bit of a degenerate himself now.
2: Well, it's the company he keeps, you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
3: yeah. And I yelled, I was like, yo, Joe, I want to bet on the Heat. And then he's like, I'm with it. And I was like, 500. I was like, 250 each. We're on vacation. And he looked at me, and, you know, Joey's pockets ain't shallow. So uh, that kind of speaks to the confidence that I had in in our sources, I guess. So, um, you know, next time, I guess, right?
2: Yeah, it it was good. I uh, I benefited, but you know, Fed's listening, so I'm not gonna put out the dollar amount that your boy won. But it was good, man. And you know what, it, you know, to bring this full circle, man, I kind of think anytime you see teams get blown out, especially in in leagues like the NBA, you know, the NHL has a big home field uh, home ice advantage. The uh, the Golden Knights, mm-hmm. um, prior to the All Star break last year, I remember the Golden Knights were like twenty one and one at home when a team came off uh, two nights being in Vegas. It's like, bro, you're you're in Las Vegas. You're in South Beach. There's a reason why these teams cover about, you know, I did some research, 69% of the time the Heat covers in Miami and, over and, the last 10 years.
3: And also, you know, we, we've been on the record saying that the Dolphins, you know, give some teams trouble in South Beach as well. Or not South Beach, but in Miami as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, they have, they have the Patriots number year in, year out. You know, yeah. I mean, this year, you know, it was the Miami miracle and whatnot, but yeah. I, I think that those cities that have a lot of things to do and, you know, even even New York. I don't know. I, I just think that the Knicks have been really bad, but it, it's something to monitor. So how do you feel about that take, man, where teams teams are out the night before when they get blown out? Because that's what I think it might be. Of course. Look,
3: I don't I look I don't know the, the, the ins and outs of how like, you know, when it comes to the NBA. I know in college and high school, they probably have curfews without a doubt. But I, but I'm not so sure that's the case with the NBA. So, you know, these are grown men. I don't know if they're doing bed checks. You know, obviously I have to dig a little bit deeper into that. But, look, these guys are grown men with millions and millions of dollars in their bank accounts. They want to have fun. Who knows if they were in Indiana the week, the night before and and, and, and other, you know, with all due respect, other smaller cities that aren't as fun. You fly into Miami a couple nights to spare or a night to spare. Look, man, I'd be going out myself. So I think we're on to something with, you know, betting on the heat when these teams are coming into town for sure.
2: One last shout-out to the 305 before we go. Let's move on over to, uh, I think, uh, I found out a, uh, a segment idea, man. What's it called? You know, we've been getting a lot of feedback. People are really liking that we're taking fan questions on this show.
3: Yeah, we're looking through Twitter.
2: Uh, what do you think of uh, VM around? Okay, right? I like it. You know, it's like a little, a little pregame, pre-game. pre-game around right, Before we get into our main talking points, guys, follow us on Twitter, at Veterans Minimum. We'll be using the hashtag VM Shootaround going forward. Send us questions. And this week, we have a question from one at NoahTames underscore. This one's going to get you really excited, Imp, especially with those power rankings and the take that you had. VM Shootaround, with the Rockets' recent hot streak winning six straight, are they now officially the Warriors' biggest threat? I personally think so, says Noah. Noah, thank you for the question. Imp, the floor is yours, my friend. As someone now who is a Rockets uh, bandwagoner, per se, and I have hopped off the bandwagon, how do you feel about this question from Noah?
3: Noah, you couldn't be more right. And I said this over the past couple of weeks that the Rockets are going to right the ship. Rockets are definitely the Warriors' biggest competition, and 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 that's all. And it all has to do with Chris Paul finally not only being healthy but off of the suspension. Like, think about last year; they were up three two, um, and then Chris Paul gets hurt, and then they have the worst shooting per- worst, worst shooting performance in NBA history in Game Seven, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, look, they 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 lose Ba Mute, and they also lose Trevor Ariza, but they also made some solid moves, as I've mentioned before. Um, Austin Rivers, Kenneth Fareed, you're high on Kenneth Fareed. Yep. And, and kind of, you know, they're playing really well. And look, the big concern is Chris Paul's health. Well, look, he already got hurt. So, you know, wishful thinking is is he'll be healthy down the stretch. Like, think about it this way. Last year he missed the games towards the end of the season. This year he's missing the games towards the beginning of the season. So a big fan of Houston. I definitely think that they are, you know, the Golden State's toughest competition. I've said it, I, I've said it last week. I said it the week before. They're gonna put Boogie Cousins in pick and roll situations, and he's going to struggle. Do, are they going to be Golden State? Probably not. But to answer the question, they definitely are the biggest threat. I love Denver, but you know I'm not sold on them beating Houston in a seven game series if it comes down to it. OKC okay, is an interesting, you know, that's an interesting team as well. Um, but I'd still take Houston in a best of seven against both those teams. So I couldn't agree with I couldn't agree with Noah more. Thanks for the question.
2: Yo, I want to. You know, I'm looking at the roster right now. I have the Rockets roster in front of us, right? And Capella, Gordon, Gerald Green, Harden, Nene, Chris Paul, and Tucker were there last year, right? You mentioned you lose Ariza, you lose Bo, um, Boamute. You replaced those two guys essentially with Austin Rivers and Kenneth Reed. Yeah. Kenneth Reed has been balling for them. Yes. This is a t- typical trademark Daryl Morey signing where he gets a guy that's like uh, considered a cast off from a team. He might be past his prime. No one is, you know, uh, uh, 50 cents on a dollar kind of purchase. Mm -hmm. And he's flourishing for them. Can you make the argument that these two might have more upside than the two that they lost?
3: I wouldn't say they have more upside. I'd say that they're better in different areas. Very fair. I wouldn't say they're better, but I wouldn't say they're worse. I would just say that they're different. They bring different things to the table. I think Austin Rivers is a very, very, very good and serviceable player off the bench. And Kenneth Reed's been start, starting some games as well. So, like I said, I wouldn't say that they're better, but I definitely wouldn't say that they're worse. I just think that their their makeup is a little bit different. And, look, who knows if Chris Paul wouldn't have got hurt last year, and who knows if they wouldn't have had the worst shooting you know, uh, performance in NBA history in Game 7. There's a lot of what ifs, but at the same time, like kind of just going back to the question, they are the toughest competition for the Golden State. And, and and we'll see. I'm really excited, you know, for the playoffs. And I'm really excited for down the stretch. Houston's won six in a row. They're now tied for the third seed. Mm-hmm. You go back to the beginning of the season, they were like the eleven or twelve seed, if I'm not mistaken, when Chris Paul was suspended and he got hurt.
2: One of the big reasons why James Harden has all this momentum for MVP is because of that. He yes. he took them from the 11th seed, and there were everyone's, uh, you know, everyone was so high on, on them coming into the year, and they were underachieving. And then Chris Paul goes down, and Capella goes down, and you're wondering, holy shit, this team really is going to go from setting a franchise record in wins, I believe it was like 65 or 66 wins, to maybe not make the playoffs? That's why, guys – No matter how you feel about James Harden and his ISO ball game and whatnot, and, you know, you you pointed out that video that was going around where, uh, uh, was it, Budenhoser was mic'd up? And Steph, And Steph was talking about it. It's like James Harden even was like, yo, man, I don't like playing ball like that, but I got to do this. I have to play like this, you know? So... They're back in the thick of things. They're only three games back of the Nuggets, and I believe they have the tiebreaker over Denver. I'm not sure if they play each other again to close out the year, but this this might be another top three seed, you know, going forward. So And and really quickly, let's not forget they were the best team in the
3: NBA last year. They yeah. had the best record. Yeah. So you know. All right. I got Pablo I got whoa, 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 go hit me.
2: No, uh, that's right. We usually do one question, but we're feeling extra festive this week. So mm-hmm. we're gonna go with two questions.
3: We're feeling ex- extra festive and extra tan. There we go. Uh, I got Pablo Mendoza here. Okay. When is everyone going to start putting some respect on the Clippers name?
2: Clippers, 37-29. That- and 29, Yep. Currently the seventh seed. Uh, though they have one more win than the Utah Jazz, who are the sixth seed, the Jazz also have three less games played th- than them. So that's based on a uh, win percentage that the Jazz are ahead of them. With that being said, yo man, they're on a three-game winning streak. Uh, they're seven and three in their last ten games. They're coming off that monster win against the Lakers. Now, yep. Do, yo, did you know that they're like twenty-one and four against the Lakers in their last twenty-five games?
3: No, I did not know that.
2: Yo, I, I was kind of a head, that was kind of head scratching because I know the Lakers have been kind of crappy the last couple of years, and you got to factor in a lot of those games came with like Blake, DeAndre Jordan, and Chris Paul. Chris Paul, but. It's not much of a home court advantage, right? I know your season ticket holders are there, but people tend to go to Clippers games to watch the Lakers because it's a cheaper ticket. Yeah. So as far as putting respect on their name, I think the biggest issue why people aren't is they don't really have a superstar, right? They're kind of just doing it with a bunch of uh, like Lou Williams is probably a B minus, I'd say, at this point of his career. I give him a B. A B, yeah. You know what? I was being a little harsh. B is six, fine. Six man of the year, Sixth always, man. always a
3: contender for the six man of the year award. Um, you, what did you say that their record was over the last couple games? What ten, seven and three over the last ten?
2: Seven and three over the last ten, three in a row they won.
3: Uh, it's funny how LeBron, right? He, I, I have, I have a little note here that LeBron always says that you know of the top sixteen teams in the league. You know, n- n- no one other than the Lakers has to rely more on young players than, than the Lakers do, right? Like LeBron is stressing that over oh, a young team or a young team, and he kind of makes excuses for that. But the Clippers play two rookies in their starting lineup, and they're three games out of the three seed. I love Doc Rivers because he never uses youth as an excuse. And don't forget, the Clippers were in the top half of the Western Conference when Tobias Harris was there. Yeah. They trade Tobias Harris, and look, they're still kind of relevant. And so I think that's a credit to the culture that Doc is building or has built already um and and the fact that you know youth is not an excuse uh over the last 10 7 and 3 offensive rating uh 15th in the league defensive rating fourth in the league net rating plus point two. Sixth in the nba uh they're making it happen with a lot of young guys and don't forget they have room now for two max free agents so mm-hmm. talk about a team that that not only is playing well with a bunch of young guys, but a team that has a lot of po- positive momentum going into the off season. You have a a, a rock star superstar head coach and Doc Rivers, uh, and you have an awesome owner who uh, people tend to really like. So, I, I'm not I'm not sure why people are putting res- why people aren't putting respect on their name, but they should start to.
2: I think I think it goes back to what I was saying in the beginning, how they don't really have you know, like even Tobias Harris in the beginning of the year, it's like yeah. Tobias yeah, Harris, Harris isn't gonna be an all-star probably he was playing himself like an all-star but it's not it's not like tobias harris isn't selling seats not at all i'm saying like they don't have that market they don't have blake griffin no more they don't have chris paul right so they're they're lacking that big name oh shit superstar kind of guy but they have a lot of role players right like yo pat beverly i've said it from the beginning he's he balls you know like he's he's scrappy Apparently, I was reading a report that he came into the locker room prior to the game against the Lakers, imp, and he was like, "Yo, scratch the game plan. I got Braun. Yeah. And he was like just being pesky, you know, he's poking at him and shit. And that's like the kind of game that Pat Beverly plays, and he gets under people's skin, man. And it showed a little bit with LeBron. Supposedly, he has a chip
3: on his shoulder, and it has it has a lot to do with LeBron. I I, I remember one thing specifically that when LeBron was signed to the Heat, he actually got cut. Yeah. And so, like, obviously, he, he even mentioned that he's like, hell, yeah, I got a chip on my shoulder. Like, he, he he took that personally. And so, I love guys that play with that grit and they grind. And so, um, we need more Patrick Beverley's in the league for sure. And 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 just, like, kudos to that team overall. Like, I, I, I'm just really impressed overall. And it has a lot to do with Doc for sure. Like, Doc's a guy that originally early on uh, had a dual role uh, who was kind of like the, the basketball operations GM and he was the head coach. Didn't really work out too well, so now he kind of was relieved of his duties, and now he's just strictly focusing on being a head coach, um, and it's working out well. This is one of those situations where it's working out well. So, yeah, I mean, dude, g- kudos and, and much credit to the Clippers for sure.
2: And yeah, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Landry Shamet. He's the guy that came over in the um, in the trade for Tobias Bias Harrison. S- the Sixers trade. Yeah. He was killing in Philly before. He was, man. He was, and you know what? That was kind of a dumb move for them because he, it was like him and J.J. Redick were the only guys that could shoot from three at like a yeah. high percentage. You know, he's shooting – With the Clippers, since he got with the Clippers, he's shooting 46%. But prior to that, he was a 40% three-point shooter. And for a team that created so much space with Ben Simmons and, you know, with Ben Simmons, you would he's a slasher and gets to the rim. So he created a lot of shooting opportunities. I thought Shady, he was the big piece that I thought that the, the 76ers missed out on, but... You know, he was a guy that was hurt in college. That's why he kind of dropped a little oh, bit in the yeah. draft. But, yeah, man, they're doing it with guys like him. Lou Williams we mentioned, Pat Beverly, uh, Bo Amute's is there. Um, but I, I think the main reason why, and shout out to Pablo once again, the reason why no one's putting respect on their name is because they don't really got that superstar. Yeah. Um. All right.
3: You got one more for us? We
2: got one more just because I gave one, Imp gave one, and this one is homage to the city of Miami. This is, a, this is a bonus question for the 305 because we love y'all down there. This one is coming in from one at Bennett Sports MN. What do the Celtics have to do to make a deep playoff run?
3: I have a short and sweet answer for you. Okay. And then you can kind of elaborate or you can kind of, you know, give your own take. It's Gordon Hayward.
2: Man, I was going to mention that. That performance the other night against the Warriors. So –
3: Shout out Nick Wright. I'm not I'm not I'm not the biggest T V guy, right? Mm-hmm. I like to I like to consume my sports content in, in other ways. I like to listen to other podcasts. I like to follow dudes on social media, like you say. But Nick Wright's one of the guys in the NBA that 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 oh he's not in the NBA, but he's a national guy, Fox Sports guy. Um he said he he brought this up and and, and this was shocking to me. The Celtics are 18 and two when Gordon Hayward shoots fifty percent from the field. Mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward is the key to the Celtics' success. They had a season high 38 assists against the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, you know Kyrie's important, and and, and that's you know that's the, that goes without saying. But if you ask me, Gordon Hayward is is the key. If he is the max player that they signed, if he you know performs like a max player, the sky's the limit for Boston. I was on the record saying I think Boston's going to come out the East. They've been very up and down, but when Boston's on it, they're they're money um they're money green like you know like their logo so gordon hayward without a doubt in my opinion is uh is 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 the x factor and he's the key celtics are the only team with a winning record at oracle over the last 5 seasons by the way
2: so so they're going to have to dumb down the rotation you can't play that many guys yeah um you had you had eleven guys play double double figures. You'll probably narrow it down to seven or eight. So I think you're right. Uh, Gordon Hayward had thirty and seven off the bench. Yeah. Which look, if I'm ownership from an owner's perspective financially, I'm like, yo, Brad, what's good, fam? How you have fifty million? No, hundred? What was it? Hundred forty million? He's a max player. How do you have a max player coming off the bench? And totally understandable. But Brad Stevens in return will be like, hey, man. You want to win a championship or are you going to be worried about what what you're paying this guy? Because if you want to win a championship, Gordon Hayward, former All-NBA guy, don't forget how good he was that last year in Utah, starting to gain some traction, starting to gain some momentum, starting to get games under his belt. Yo, if you go back to when Paul George came back from Indiana, he didn't really get going until like the the second season he came back cuz remember, he came back for like the playoffs and he was not near Nearly the same player that he – I mean, he was never the player that he turned out to be now with the Thunder. But it took him a while to really get his feet underneath him, man. These guys had brutal injuries. And
3: and, and with, with Gordon Hayward, you know, personally, of course it's a physical thing. But if you ask me, it's a mental thing as well. Of,
2: yeah, without a doubt, man. I think every time that he goes up for a layup in the beginning or goes up for a dunk, I'm sure that was in the back of his head. It's only natural, dude. Look, to a way lesser extent, it took me like two years to completely forget about my ACL. Now yeah. I don't even think about it. Now it's like, yo, there's nothing I can't do that I was able to do prior. Yeah. It it, it is. It's it, it's only normal. Um yeah, so I I think we're in agreement that the the key is Gordon Hayward for them going forward. For sure. All right, let's get into uh some of the stuff that we've put together Imp. And uh as we look over here, um the big the biggest talking point is at the moment, man, it's it's the Los Angeles Lakers, bro. This is yeah. this is absolutely ridiculous to the point, imp to the point where people are like, "Yo, should we just shut down LeBron James?"
3: It's crazy. It's crazy that 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 that's even being brought up right now, and it, it's not fair though because if the if if the Pelicans can't shut AD down, then why would the Lakers be able to shut LeBron down?
2: So, at the time we're recording, the Los Angeles Lakers are thirty and thirty-four. We said the number that we envisioned was 45 wins for them to get the 8th seed, which historically over the last couple of years has been what the 8th seed has been, right? Right now they're 30 and 34. That's 64 games that they've played. There's 82 games in the season. Imp, they need to go 15 and 3 to end the year. Nope. I I don't think that's possible.
3: Nick, the Lakers currently hold the 13th pick in the draft. Right now. Yeah. I think they're more likely to finish higher in the lottery than they are to make the playoffs. So I to me it's like, look, you you're looking for trading, you're looking for trade, you know, trade pieces. You're looking for assets. If this year's a wash and you're gonna make the eighth seed anyway, you're gonna get bounced in the first round, you might as well consider that tank. Yeah,
2: yeah, you know, it's it's unbelievable that a LeBron James team is in this situation. But look, let's not forget this is the first year where he actually got hurt, too. Right, yes. there were there were twenty four and twenty two prior in in games that in which he's played, and yo, I think a lot of it has to do, man. We were talking about this with the guys before we broke up the 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 show into this format where it's like, yo, it's hard for me to get along with you when you wanted to trade me. Yes, it, it's just, and especially if I'm a young guy and that shoots my confidence down because it's like, yo, I'm not good enough for you. Like you guys want to get rid of me? How can I come into the studio now and be like, yo, let's record? Everything's all all nice and dandy when all the reports came out that, yo, we wanted to trade Nick off the podcast. Well, that's how Kuzma feels and Ingram and Lonzo ball and all these guys for when AD comes into picture.
3: Yeah. Um, Look, obviously the LeBron injury was a huge deal. Like, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Let's not, let's not,
2: let's not mess around.
3: He missed a quarter of the season. Um, But it was the defense. I've been on the record saying that Lonzo bell. Well, he, LeBron's even on the record saying that Lonzo ball is probably one of the best You know perimeter guard defenders in the league. He's still out. Um, The Lakers have had problems beating bad teams, which is a huge issue, especially in the Western Conference. Even as a team overall, you have to handle the dirty work. You have to beat the bad teams, and they didn't do that this year. Um, Tyson Chandler's been hurt. Um, I I mentioned Lonzo Ball's been hurt, and and if you ask me, the roster kind kind of wasn't really crafted the right way. Not enough shooters. call it a wash man like i i don't know
2: i think there's more upside for the future if you don't play lebron you shut him down you let the young guys get some more games under their belts and just you know it's a lost season right it's it's just a wash it's you're in a harder conference you have an excuse a legitimate excuse actually not an excuse you have a reason look lonzo went down and lebron missed about 20 games That's the most he's missed in a long time outside of him just resting, which even then, even those years with, like, the heat where he would rest, like, one or two weeks, you know, and it's like he would miss, like, five, six games. It wasn't anything to this extent. I think what the Lakers have to do, and it seems like from watching them, they're just – I don't know who's running the show there. Like, clearly they're not answering Luke Walton. Is it LeBron? Is it Rob Palenka? Is it Matt? Like – I don't know who the, uh, the, the leader is there, but I have noticed that Kuzma and Ingram play better when LeBron's off the floor.
3: Dude, Ingram has probably had, this has probably been the best stretch of basketball that Ingram's played in his entire career. And Kuzma has proved that he's a very, very, very uh, viable scorer. But I kind of want to call to attention the roster again. Shout out Tommy Beer. The Lakers used $31.4 million in cap space this summer to sign Contavious Caldwell Pope to $12 million, Rondo to $9 million, Lance Stevenson, $4.5 million, McGee, $2.4 million, and Beasley, $3.5 million. Now, Think about the guys that they didn't re-sign. Brook Lopez signed with the Bucks for three point four million dollars. He's been balling, and he's exactly what they need—a stretch shooter. Randall, Julius Randall, who had a decent season last year, signed with the Pelicans for eight point six million, and then Thomas Bryant signed with the Wizards for one point three. So they just made bad decisions. Yeah, like that's kind of the truth. And then, and then, kind of to your point, all these guys know that they're not going to be here next year. The season's kind of a wash. How invested are you, really? I, I, I just think it was, it was a bad season overall. And then don't forget, they give away D'Angelo Russell for, for, for what? This was a couple years ago, I know. But I'm just saying, like, they haven't been run well. So uh, it's a mess. It's a mess in, in La La Land.
2: Yeah, man, we were actually talking about D'Angelo Russell because we were down in Miami with a couple of guys that really know their 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 NBA, and I was just saying, it goes back to what I always say, yo, I'm not giving up on a lottery pick that's 21 years old, 22 years old, he's, he's just way too young, man. Like, yo, dude, imagine you. Imagine you right now, Imp, you're 26 years old. If they were to just come and be like, yo, here's millions of dollars, go nuts. Imagine that being presented to you at 18, at 19 years old, like, I, I know you, you'd you go nuts now. We'd go right back to Miami. We'd go on vacations. We'd, we'd buy shit, right? Because it's something we haven't had our whole lives, and then it just gets hit with us. Here's here's endorsement deals. Here's all this money. And, like, yo, it's easy for you to be immature, right? D'Angelo Russell, there was the video that went around with him and Nick Young, right? There was other shit. Like, he was, like, messing around with one of the Jenner sisters, too, or something. I, I think it was, if, if I remember correctly. It's like he got caught up in the limelight. He was the top draft pick for the Lakers, where they were looking for the he had the kobe factor too. He had yeah. the kobe farewell tour. So it's like, yo, it's just something that you you need to consider with these young guys and you're right. They just haven't made smart decisions and that's why they're in this hole right now.
3: Yeah. We'll see.
2: We'll see. All right. Speaking of uh, the Lakers, let's let's move on over to this this game. We're calling this the percentage game.
3: All right,
2: we're gonna we're gonna present scenarios, and we're gonna put a percentage as to how likely it is to come to fruition. Right? You like Ooh. that wordplay—that's a bar right there, baby. That's a B O T D bar of the day. That All right, one. imp. Let's stay with the Lakers team, man, Luke Walton. What percentage do you give uh, him coming back next year? Actually, finishing out the season. So. Hmm. Finishing out the season's
3: tough, because the truth is, if they fire him now, what's the difference, I guess, right? Like, it's not going to light a fire under their ass, then they're going to make this crazy run, because I don't see that happening. So, I think to kind of save face and make the franchise look good, I think he does stay for the entire season, and then... You know, there's rumblings of Coach K to the Lakers. That's what you know. I hear. I hear. That's what Magic Johnson and LeBron James want. They want Coach K because, you know, the one thing that LeBron hasn't had is an elite head coach. You can say that Eric Spoelstra is an elite head coach, but he became an elite head coach at the same time that LeBron was there. But LeBron has never had a coach that he could look up to and be like, "Damn, this guy knows what he's talking about." He's never had a pop. You know, he's never had a Pat Riley, or he's never. You know, the list goes on. Um, And so. To answer your question, what are the percentages he's fired before the season ends? I say 50-50. 50% chance he gets fired before the season ends, but I I don't think they do it just because it's been a shit show and, and this will only make it worse. But the, at the same time, they need a scapegoat, right? And, and Luke Wallen could be that scapegoat. So um, my percentage for this is 50. 50-50 that he gets fired before the season ends.
2: Hmm. I'm going to have to agree with that 50-50, but I do think that It's always the coach when you have a player like LeBron James. It's always the coach that's the scapegoat. Where you can make the argument and a compelling argument that LeBron James should be the scapegoat here. Like, he put together this roster. He signed off on these guys. Yo, do you think that... Yo, what about this? What about, like, Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka being the scapegoats? Like, don't you think they told LeBron, yo, we're going to get another free agent with you, and no one came? And by that, I mean, like... No, you know, Paul George, they might have promised him Paul George. They might have been like, yo, Kawhi, we might put a trade package together for Kawhi. Remember, that was in the discussion, too. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yo, I was expecting to come to L.A. the same way I expected to go to Miami. Wade was there, right? Wade, in this scenario, being the young core, I guess. Yeah, that's cool. And it's like, where's my Chris Bosh? No one one came with me. So LeBron James went there probably ex- expecting to have another sidekick and he didn't. So th- to go back to the original question, I I think it's a little higher. I think it's I'm going to go 65 35 actually. Yeah. I don't think he finishes the year.
3: That's fair. There's nothing wrong with that. Cuz cuz
2: right now they're on a uh, they're on a losing streak and if it gets ugly, yeah. They got the Celtics and the Nuggets coming up. If it get, if they're like 7 of their last 8 they've lost. And then LeBron just like packs it in. They might they might just make the change and, and go to oh is it Brian Shaw yes think, yeah
3: it's you took
2: the word out you took
3: the name out of my mouth Brian Shaw supposedly there are a lot of rumblings coming out of L A that LeBron trusts Brian Shaw a lot although he was a Phil Jackson guy he still has the respect from LeBron he's always talking to him on the bench he's kind of always you know hiding beneath the towel talking to him and 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 now now you got me thinking what if this is a scenario where they fire Luke Walton to see what they got with Brian Shaw in an interim setting, give him the final month of the season to see what he can do. And then, you know, maybe they give him a one year deal to kind of show me what you got next season. Um, I, you know what? I'm changing my odds. I'm I'm going, I'm going, I'm going 65, 35. Like you, you convinced
2: convinced me. If, if they let go of Luke Walton, Brian Shaw comes in and all of a sudden LeBron's going like 38, seven and 12. It was Luke Walton that they just didn't want to play for like yeah. if the light, if they do that and the Lakers completely change don't forget the Lakers have the fifth hardest schedule according to the basketball index on ESPN so it's not like they're playing a bunch of Suns and Knicks shout out that game is actually tonight at the time of recording that's the ultimate showcase of tanking yeah. <laughs> who wants to lose more but you know they have a tough schedule ahead and they if they turn up you could easily pinpoint to Luke Walton being the reason why they were struggling and why they didn't want to play for him
3: last thing on Luke Walton before i move on He was highly regarded, um, you know, as an assistant, right? But let's not forget, he was the assistant coach of the Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it ain't always that breezy, I guess, you know, is the moral of the story. Your your, Your team will never be that good. So maybe that's kind of what we're seeing now. We'll see.
2: Next up. Let's stay with uh, – let's move on over to the biggest rival of the L.A. Lakers, the Boston Celtics. They have a guy who is not happy. Imp. It's making me happy that he's not happy in Boston. My guy Kyrie. Kyrie Irving has been all over the place with the Boston media and just NBA media. What percentage do you give Kyrie Irving leaving the Boston Celtics this summer? 75%
3: Seventy five percent chance he leaves.
2: Damn, I was gonna go eighty. I think I, he's out. I think I, I I don't see him coming back to Boston next year.
3: I think he's out as well, but who knows what can happen over the course of the, this last quarter, of, you know, this this home stretch of the NBA season. Um seventy five percent, eighty percent, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Who knows? Maybe they make a a, a cool run in the Eastern Conference and he gets you know, he, he's excited again and they get rejuvenated. um, But, you know, they got some guys to pay in the offseason. So I just don't know. I I don't know. I yeah. feel like I'm backtracking now. I, no, I, I go 75%, 80% he leaves.
2: Yeah. All right. I, I just want to ask one question about the Celtics. You know, do you, do you think that they're the type of team that could just turn it on? Do you think on playoff time they might do like what the Cavs did last year? I I don't I don't know I don't know because last year's Cavs they were cruising and they get into the playoffs right and I believe they were like the I think them and the Pacers were the 4-5 matchup and it's like yo we have LeBron James we know we're gonna turn it on and you just knew they were I don't I don't see that kind of player granted is one of the, the three best players of all time but I don't know if this team could just turn it on. And to to answer this question here, I'm giving it 80% that he's out because I don't know if this team could – can look, they might match up with someone in the first round that's going to give them fits, and who knows? They pull an upset. I think you kind of ha- would blow it up there. Yeah,
3: I think that if they get bounced in the first or second round, he's out. I think if they make it to the finals and it's competitive and he's getting a lot of love, that's kind of that 20% twenty five percent chance he stays, but i'm 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 I'm, I'm pretty convinced Hill he's out. So I'd say seventy five percent to eighty percent chance
2: he's out. i'll be I'll be shocked if next year opening night, Kyrie Irving's on the Celtics,
3: yeah. oh, shout out my roommate Maddie B. He has a hot take that I thought was super duper interesting, and we discussed it really quickly. Isaiah Thomas point guard Boston Celtics next season. in this hypothetical world. Kyrie Irving leaves, and Terry Rozier leaves as well. Because yeah, because
2: Ke- Terry Rozier was the the apple of the eye of uh, Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns, especially at the trade deadline too. Which, yeah. by the way, Phoenix, how many guards do you need? <laughs> Yo, going back to when they had um, what what was the guy that became the Knicks coach too? Man, how did I forget his name? Uh, Hornacek. Yo, when they had Jeff Hornacek, it's like they ran. They were one of the first teams to do that three man guard situation when they have Bledsoe also. And it's like, yo, you always just have mad guards. And I think that's one of the reasons why they struggle. And they, they've also, like, flopped on a lot of draft picks. But anyway, that's for another podcast. Uh, okay. Chances Kawhi Leonard stays in Toronto, Imp. I'm going to start this one off. Please do. Ready for a hot take? Let's hear it. Zero. Wow.
3: He's gone, you're saying.
2: I, I was reading something that when the All-Star game was in Toronto – Your boy Kawhi did not leave his hotel room. He is not a fan of the cold. All you Canadians out there, all you folks from Buffalo, those great lake effects, (laughs) it's not a good time up there. It it gets cold. We're talking like minus 20-degree temperatures. Kawhi, he's a West Coast guy, guy, right? We talked about the Clippers having room for for two max. I don't see him as a guy who wants to play under someone's shadow like LeBron James. I kind of see him going to like the Clippers. Right. You talked about the young core that they have that one of the reasons why to answer the question that one of our fans sent before, why they're not getting any respect. It's because they don't have that superstar marquee name. I think it might be Kawhi Leonard. The only way I could see him staying in Toronto is if they go to the finals and they lose like competitive, like a competitive series, like they lose, they lose 4-2 to the Warriors, and it's like, well, one of the games we lost went to overtime and, you know, it was a miracle shot by Clay Thompson or something. That's the only scenario I could see. But I do also think that the Raptors have put themselves in a position where they're kind of win now, like now, this season.
3: Yeah. That's a team that if they get it to the finals, that's a, a huge accomplishment for them anyway. So they were all in regardless. And then, you know, a lot of people were on the fence about the, the Kawhi— um, DeMar DeRozan trade, but don't forget, DeMar DeRozan was on the books for a bunch of money over the course of a bunch of seasons, and Kyle Lowry's finishing up his deal. So, you know, in addition to kind of having this opportunity to win now with Kawhi, you also shed a decent amount of money off the books um, with DeMar DeRozan, and then this is the opportunity for them to essentially blow it up and start fresh with a bunch of cap space. Um, I'm giving it a 20% chance he stays. Um, and and it, it's, it, it's a lot of with what you're saying. If they play well in the fight, if they get to the finals and they play well, um, you know, this is a scenario where maybe I could see him staying, but for me, it's twenty percent.
2: Yeah, I don't know. He just strikes me as—I mean, he's always yo like see,
3: the one thing. Sorry, the one thing about Toronto is it's a—it's a huge city. It's a major city. It's a major North American city, but it's also—it's kind of like like it's slept on. It's a slept on city, right? Yes. When you think when you think of the NBA cities, right? You think of the big markets. You think of New York. You think of L.A. You think of Boston. Right, you think of Chicago, may, maybe Miami, but the truth is you don't think of Toronto that often. But it's a major, major city. It's just an international city. So, you know, like I said, they're they're a big market, but not they're not one of the the, the, the big marquee markets. And so that you know, obviously is a low key guy, he signs with New Balance. Um, so, I don't know. I I think it's interesting. I think I I think there's a chance, but not a great chance.
2: Yeah, and I don't know what his relationship is like with like Danny Green. That's the only guy that I could consider him being close to on that yeah. team because you know they they played so many years together with the spurs but the thing with Kawhi, man is he he's a he's like a mystery right like he's he's an interesting cat you know it goes back to when he got angry about losing his wing stop coupons right <laughs> after he signed like his first extension with the spurs for 94 million dollars it's like dude fuck your coupons bro
3: buy wing stop
2: yeah but anyway let's move on to this last one we have and it's uh probably the most of all the people that might move this summer, I think he's the only guy that can make noise in real. Like I think he has LeBron James kind of pull to where if he goes there and makes your team a, a serious contender, a serious threat, while weakening another team, that's Kevin Durant. What percentage – now, I want you to give me two answers. I want you to give me one answer from the heart I know. and one answer from the noggin. The noggin for me – I think it's 50-50, and here's why. Dude, you're in the best basketball scenario you can be in. Yep. You can have a 3 of 13 performance, and you have guys that could pick you up. You're not the most valuable player on your team. Steph Curry is. Yep. And if you don't think so, you just look at the games that Steph Curry has missed. They're below five hundred. This year in games that Steph Curry has missed. He is the MVP of the Golden State Warriors.
3: He's the engine that drives them.
2: He, Kevin Durant that is, is isn't a scenario where basketball wise, you stay with Golden State and you you could afford to lose Draymond Green. And I think of the four guys that are there, if they had to make a decision, he would be the one to go. Because in the end of the day, loyalty doesn't exist in sports, and they got what they could out of Draymond Green. And yep. I, I feel like he's starting to slow down. He's having a really bad year eye test-wise. Like, yep. his numbers align, like his career stats and the, the numbers that he's putting up this year. But I I think I've texted a group chat, you know, with the VM guys, and I've texted some of the, the, the guys I know, y- you as well, that know basketball. I'm like, yo, am I bugging? I feel like Draymond Green's playing like shit this year. Just the eye test. And I think it has to do with him being an undersized guy playing a big man's position. Yo, Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace had that three, four-year stretch. Where it was like, yo, Ben Wallace on a rebound. Like, Lloyd Banks had him in punch lines. And he was a defensive player of the year. But it's like, yo, he was six eight. Draymond Green is 6'7", 6'8". Yeah. Uh, P.J. Tucker was taking him to school last year, you know. and. Going back to Kevin Durant, I think it's fifty-fifty because if I was in his camp, not as a Knicks fan, but if I was in his camp and I was like, "Yo, look, man, do you want to win? You want to be a legend, a good legend? Stay with the Warriors, bro. They and got win five,
3: win five rings.
2: You're gonna win five rings, man. If you if you three stay together, the Splash Brothers and you, you guys are gonna win. Now, the scenario where it's not fifty-fifty, I think, is if you tell him like, "Yo," Do you want to change public perception? Do you want to change the narrative that's been attached to you for getting up and leaving Oklahoma City the way you did? And, you know, because, yo, it, he he played really bad in Game 6 against that Warriors team. Him and Russ really played like shit, and also Klay Thompson had that wild-ass performance, a monumental performance. But if you're talking to him and like, yo, look, we know you care about your image, and you want people to, to fuck with you and love you and w- want you to be the anti-LeBron. Go to a team like New York. Go to a team like New York. Right? I want you to go to one team. But like, yo, we're ready to build statues for Jeremy yeah. Lin on seven-game win streaks. Imagine if this dude won a championship.
3: You, I think you tagged me on the video of 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 the of the Warriors in the locker of of the Warriors in the tunnel.
2: The pregame speech, dude. And he was- came in like thirty seconds later, and he's stretching on his own. He's not even in there.
3: The Warriors got all of their hands up. You know, they're doing their little pregame ritual. The entire team's in the the tunnel about to run onto the court. You know, they do their thing and they get hype and they run onto the floor. And then out of nowhere, you see KD come out the room and kind of, you know, he's posted up against the wall stretching by himself. I didn't even notice he wasn't there. I didn't even notice he was missing.
2: Yeah.
3: It's kind of eye-opening. Like, you know, maybe he was taking a piss. Maybe he was taking a shit, but I highly doubt that. So
2: what percentage are you giving on KD leaving this summer?
3: 60 40 he leaves slightly in that he leaves
2: yeah That's yeah it. yeah
3: I, look if washington and, and and another thing is washington's an interesting scenario too <sighs> only if they washington's an interesting scenario if they didn't have the john wall contract
2: oh of course they're not going to be able to land anyone because of that contract yeah so, so starting I, I believe after next year he is going to be getting over 40 million dollars per year
3: there's a couple other places that he can go though too. What if he teams up with LeBron? What if he goes to the Clippers with Kawhi? Um you know, th- there's there's a couple of other scenarios where he can where he can wind up elsewhere, but you know, other than New York that is. Um so slightly <laughs> in 60-40 he leaves. Um and 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 I'm on my knees
2: praying. Yeah, hopefully he leaves and comes to the the, the blue and orange. Uh, all right, let's wrap this up in episode number 4 of the vm vm nba show uh thank you guys for listening yep uh if you guys were wondering um because i believe this is the first show that we've done uh collectively in the series we didn't have an nfl show last week and we didn't have a monday show is because we lost the cards uh so we apologize we had an incident with the cards so in case you guys were wondering why we didn't put out anything on uh Monday, the Evergreen series and the NFL show was because of that. But uh check out boss, uh sorry, not boss. Tim put out a Bryce Harper edition on Tuesday for the MLB. Bryce Harper is signing a three hundred thirty million dollar contract with the Phillies. Um secured the bag, as the kids say.
3: Big fact. And supposedly he's recruiting Mike Trout to Philly next year.
2: Yeah, which is kinda easy because Mike Trout is also a Philly guy, so it does. Uh, he's always I like the Eagles games, and he's cool with like Carson Wentz. They go like uh, duck hunting in the off seasons and whatnot. But, anywho, with that being said, you can find me at the Lamb Show, Twitter, Instagram, and on Twitch. Get it. Check out the uh, put out some cool videos. Actually, did an NBA MVP video in my new Miami Heat shirt. Shout and he did you the
3: Le- and he did the Le'Veon Bell video too.
2: Yeah, yeah, but the that Miami Heat shirt was so fire, man! I think that's the best jersey in the NBA. The the Vice City one facts um yeah so at the Lamb show like i said at veterans minimum is the handle for this show and the twitter and the instagram if you guys want to support the show in any way any donation any subscription helps patreon.com slash veterans minimum we've done a lot of cool cool fun stuff and the discord is always popping yep. you know i hit the discord last night uh well tuesday night that is for uh that raptors and rockets game which was pretty cool and yo before we sign off man Dude, 20-point leads don't matter in the NBA anymore.
3: Not at all. Well, I mean, that's NBA in general. Basketball is a game of of, of game of swings and runs. And so you can – and now with, like, how prevalent the three ball is, you can literally just go on a 15-0 run in a matter of seconds. Obviously, Golden State's notorious for it, but now a lot of these teams are are, are have these fast-paced offenses, these spread offenses where they shoot a lot of threes. And so – I think that's just relevant for the entire league now. It's just scoring is up, three point shooting is up, and so you know it's a game of runs, and, and 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 that and that's how it
2: is. Yeah, I think the Rockets were up like seventeen or eighteen, and then before you know it, and I think in like five minutes it was a tie game. Yeah. So yeah, three point three point shot is a uh, key. Um, Port, can they find you?
3: I M P Y seven one eight. You already know Twitter and Instagram. DMs are open on both platforms. Send me some shit, and I will get it on the
2: shows.